Okay, so today I'm really happy to talk to Colin Everin, who is ecosystem lead across quite a mouthful, Filecoin, IPFS via Protocol Labs. Uh, I believe, Colin, you've been within the ecosystem for over four and a half years, and you're effectively leading all things ecosystem. So growing the developer community and working with people like us to help translate that into real world commercial application. So good to chat to you. Great, great to see you, Jamie, and super excited about the, the Outlier Ventures collaboration here. Yeah, so obviously that's a big thing that we're going to talk about today. We recently announced that we will be collaborating with you, multi-year collaboration on helping grow the ecosystem, um, specifically focused on helping projects, early stage projects in the ecosystem translate concepts, proof of concepts, um, or at least fledgling business models into solid go-to-market strategies and, and like to fully realize that the commercial potential and of course bring in or mobilize a lot of the capital that I know is both dedicated to the ecosystems, a lot of capital specifically allocated, not just within um, the kind of formal structures of Filecoin, but also adjacent to, but of course there's because it's so generalizable, there's a huge amount of money that wants to invest in the kind of use cases that we're going to be collaborating on. So what I wanted to do was really to kind of invite you on, firstly, celebrate the fact that we're doing this, um, but also invite you on to talk a little bit about what's going on in the ecosystem. There's huge growth happening and um, the kind of use cases that you're seeing, but also that you want to see. And then we can perhaps talk about after that how we intend to collaborate more specifically on accelerating that ecosystem. Absolutely. So uh, I'll, I'll step back and maybe just talk about Filecoin and, and the role of, of accelerators like Filecoin Basecamp within it. Uh, Filecoin is a movement to create a decentralized, efficient, and robust foundation for humanities information. And that really means that there's a global network of developers, entrepreneurs, community members, and businesses contributing to that movement that truly believe humanity's most valuable resource is information. And they're incredibly passionate about storing and protecting that valuable resource in an efficiently priced and distributed way. Now, what I wanna emphasize for this group is this is a massive business opportunity. In the next four years, the amount of data that gets produced globally will 3x to about 175 zettabytes, and we're currently only able to store about 5% of that total data today, given today's infrastructure. And in addition, the world of cloud storage is suffering from major problems like centralization, where three companies control the vast majority of cloud storage, data control, where users are no longer in control over the data that they store, and verifiability, where data integrity and fake news is becoming much more prominent. And so while Filecoin, IPFS, Ethereum, they have the right primitives to address those issues, but the game will be won or lost based on the applications and businesses that build on those protocols. And the next generation of billion dollar companies will emerge from these developers and entrepreneurs that are building on the Web3 stack. And so that's why cohorts like Filecoin Basecamp and, and mentors like Outlier Ventures are so critical to the future of the web. The companies that emerge from these programs will end up shaping the future of Web3. Yeah, and of course, um, so there's a couple of things to unpack there. So on the one hand, I don't know what language you use, whether it's an open data economy or a new data economy. I know there's, a, there's always been constant debate about which kind of vernacular we should use. But 
you know, this idea that the data economy isn't functioningly uh, isn't functioning in an optimal way. So, as you say, there's um, there's too much kind of value capture within it by a handful of platforms. There's too much of a reliance upon these a reliancy upon these monopolies. Um, but then equally, there's a huge amount of data that goes unused. Um, you know, its potential is not being fully maximized because this economy isn't open. Um, could you talk us through, you know, how you see and understand what's wrong with the data economy today and, and how specifically this, this ecosystem of Filecoin, IPFS and Protocol Labs uh, create the tooling that allows for that paradigm shift? Definitely, definitely. So you can think of Filecoin as kind of the Airbnb of storage, of cloud storage, right? So, you know, in a prior world, if you wanted to rent out your house um, and compete with a large hotel chain like Marriott or Hilton, that was extremely difficult, right? Like you didn't have the marketing bandwidth, you, you weren't a company, you didn't have a network to plug into to, you know, create those services. And so that's how you should think of Filecoin, where currently what's being dominated by just a handful of companies in terms of cloud storage smaller companies and data centers all around the world or new data centers that want to pop up and, and you know, provide data, data storage services can't compete. And that's where Filecoin comes in. It allows zettabytes of, of latent storage capacity to be put to work and for businesses all over the world to offer differentiated services uh, similar to Airbnb, different retrieval speeds and bandwidth and pricing and geographies to compete with um, each other to store your data. And so it completely changes the paradigm of, you know, a relatively monopolistic industry to something where small businesses all over the world can compete. And these businesses, of course, use the primitives of IPFS and Filecoin, which is around data control, where users are in full control over the data they store, verifiability, where it's really hard to, you know, you can trace back data back to the source and avoid issues of, of fake news and, and things like that. Um, and, and of course, market pricing currently, you know, storage on Filecoin is a heck of a lot cheaper than some of the larger data storage providers because the market sets pricing rather than a corporate pricing department. Yeah, and of course, I mean, one of the things that excites us is this is the first protocol ecosystem accelerator that we've done. We, we're going to be doing several more, but specifically the thing that really excited us about working with you guys is that it's so universally applicable. Um, I mean, almost every use case application on the planet, we believe at some point you know, on a various time horizons, we'll be using this kind of technology. Um, but especially in the context of a Web3 startup, I mean, you can't you can't qualify as a Web3 startup if you aren't already you know, looking at how you handle the storage of data. Um, but I also know at the same time that there are some use cases that are really building up traction um, within the developer community at proof of concept stage, but then also, you know, with businesses at scale. Um, for example, I know the NFT industry, which has obviously been very hot in 2021, has been a, a very early adopter of IPFS. Could you talk us through some of the use cases that you find most exciting and the kind of vertical use cases that you're seeing the most growth in? Yeah, so it, it, Filecoin and IPFS are, are kind of general purpose platforms. So the, the range of use cases are relatively wide. You know, you have like consumer type use cases. You can think of like a Dropbox style interface where folks can drag 
you know, files and manage their file services on top of Filequin and IPFS. Uh, folks like Slate and Space and Chainsafe Files all provide great services there. Of course, you mentioned the NFT industry is absolutely booming, and the vast majority of them use IPFS for content addressing and Filecoin for storage. Uh, things like OpenSea and uh, Curio and Mintgate and Flame, um, they all use NFT.storage, which is the underlying kind of developer tooling for that. You have data markets like Wolfram Alpha, Ocean, FileHive, and things like that. You have video platforms that use LivePeer and VideoCoin. Uh, to transcode and store and retrieve video files. Um, you have audio services like Audius. You can think of that like Spotify, but on the Web3 stack. And, and then you have all sorts of other things like decentralized identity, retrieval markets, DeFi and finance, browsers like Brave and Opera, and verifiable storage platforms like Starling, where you can no longer fake the data that you try and put onto Web3. And so the, the use cases go relatively broad across IPFS and Filecoin. Um, but what, what's really exciting is that we see tens of thousands of new developers entering the ecosystem every few months. Um, just in hackathons, we had 10,000 developers engaged in the month of uh, the last two months. Um, we have grants programs that fund thousands of companies. We have accelerator programs like Filecoin Basecamp and Outlier Ventures that help those um, companies become real businesses and get funding and mentorship uh, in, in you know, the hundreds of, of companies. And then you have tons of ecosystem capital at the end, over $50 million earmarked for the Filecoin ecosystem uh, from venture capitalists that are here to help. So that, that's kind of what I'm most excited about is harnessing the creativity of founders and entrepreneurs and developers, uh, you know, across a number of different use cases. Yeah, and of course, you know, this is very relevant to most Web2 use cases that we know and understand the business models ranging from, you know, potentially search, social, e-commerce, streaming, you mentioned a few there. Um, but one of the things that really excites us is perhaps the unknown which is this financialization of data right so looking at data in the context of forms of collateral in DeFi, could you give us some of your thinking around that and the use cases that you're seeing emerge definitely it's like you said i think the most creative use cases are hard to predict like if we look at the top use cases on falcon three years from now not sure we're going to be able to predict them today, but what I'm really excited is, is shifting the primitive where data storage can then become a commodity, just like oil or you know, other, other kind of commodities like that. Um, currently, it's a service provided by a handful of companies with pricing that's controlled. There's only a certain set of services that you can really engage on there. But if you think if we can transform data storage into a commodity where the market sets prices and various parameters and derivatives and instruments used to, to kind of you know, get a bunch of folks to store data within that commodity, that changes the paradigm completely from an industry that's largely controlled to something that's completely decentralized and set by the market. And so it's hard to predict what use cases will come out of that primitive, but that's the primitive I'm super excited about. Yeah, and of course, you know, for most companies today, data is both a, a kind of cost center, you know, it's something that they've got to figure out how they store in a in an economically viable way. And it's also a liability, you know, it's securing customer and user data in a centralized way is an impossible task, even for, you know, the world's leading security agencies, let alone 
um, a long tail of SME. And, and all of a sudden, we can flip that on its head. And this can be new forms of revenue streams, right? If you are able to um, have user opt-in, you know, permission data sets that can be pulled, as you say, commodified, turned into collateral. Ownership could be controlled by a DAO. It can be fractionalized. You could have derivatives. I mean, it's almost limitless as to the possibilities there. And then finally, I wanted to talk about kind of this complete vision of the role of storage in a decentralized web, because of course, you know, the thing that we've been mainly talking about and the thing people will predominantly understand about protocol labs is um, data in the context of storage. But of course, if we're looking at, you know, how data is used, the, the main form of consumption is in the context of compute. And so if we're going to create a complete a decentralized cloud or a cloud 2.0, it needs to be both storage and compute. And I know at Protocol Labs, you're looking well beyond storage and you're looking at both to invest in and collaborate with projects that are bringing new forms of decentralized compute to the storage component. Could you talk through that as well? Absolutely. So of, co of course, compute's a, a really critical part of the stack. And what I really appreciate about the Web3 in general, but also how Filecoin operates, is that we can really modularize these components, right? So storage can stand on its own, compute can stand on its own. An individual cloud storage provider on the Filecoin network can decide to specialize in specific services, whether that's video transcoding or large data genomics and running compute on top of that or machine learning, et cetera. And so... Um, rather than having a one-size-fits-all, we can have different storage providers and different layers of the stack that can be composed into specific services that a client would be used for. And so all of a sudden, you open up this like world of possibilities where different forms of compute can be used for different types of storage. It can be used for different use cases. And you can compose these primitives and the underlying service providers beneath it to provide the best service possible for, for what you're trying to do. And so that's what I'm most excited, excited about is that composability of some of these uh, storage providers and from some of these primitives uh, and other protocols uh, where you can kind of pick and choose what you're looking for and assemble this, this, the right stack for your use case. So maybe to uh, wrap up. So on the one hand, of course, you know, we are, we're, we're going to provide much more detail around the types of projects that we're looking for. At the same time, it's quite a, a loose brief, right? Be because of its uh, general applicability, its universality in, in the context of, of the web. Um, so on, on the one hand, we, we will be talking about some, some primitives. We're going to be playing around with almost requests for proposal. Like these are things we would like to see. Um, more as a, a, a kind of tool to inspire rather than like a, a kind of strict um, description of the things that, that should apply. At the same time, you know, there is money that's going to be provided by both of us and our joint co-investor network to invest in startups that are just basically using this infrastructure and applying it to whatever use case and business model that they think is relevant. So, um, so on the one hand, you know, there's going to be some very specific use cases. On the other hand, it's any project that has a really meaningful business, an investable business that can scale. It could be a high growth company that's just leveraging uh, this stack of technologies. So um, 
any of those projects can apply. I believe the domain is going to be outlieraventures.io slash Basecamp slash Filecoin. Might be wrong, so we can probably edit that out at the end if I've got it wrong. But either way, if you go to outlieraventures.io slash Basecamp, you apply there. Um, we will always be feeding these things through to Filecoin if we think there's applicability. So other than that, Colin, I'm really happy to uh, chat to you today to talk about what we're going to be doing. And I'm sure this is going to be one of, of, of many bits of media that we'll put out there to kind of expand upon how we see the collaboration happening and then hopefully celebrating in some of its successes. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Jamie, and, and the whole Outlier Ventures team. I think you're playing an absolutely critical role in shifting the, the transition from Web 2 to Web 3. And the companies that will come out of some of these cohorts uh, through mentorship and capital and also all the kind of incredible programming you do, they're going to be the foundations of Web 3 going forward and, and be an order of magnitude potentially bigger than the companies in Web 2. So I couldn't be more excited uh, to kick things off.